to an audio newspaper full of very unserious, partially real stories that the world needs to hear. More listening and less reading than a newspaper, but equally as sexy. This is Paper News Out Loud. Hello and good evening. I'm your host, Diane Weathersby. Hello and good morning. I'm your co-host, Florence Strumsby. Thank you for listening to Paper News Out Loud. So, Diane, what happens to the good children on the solstice? They are allowed to live another year. Absolutely correct. The void Santa comes to each of their houses and leaves them presents. You might be familiar with Santa Claus as seen in Hallmark cards, but that's just an old folk's tale with no truth behind it. The void Santa is the real deal. They slip in and out of the void into the good children's houses and leave presents like abandoned bobby pins, missing puzzle pieces, and pennies tucked into the hidden corners of their bedroom. Bad children only get drafty floorboards and beams of sun shining directly in their eyes while watching TV. So when does the void Santa arrive, Diane? When I sent him a DM on Tinder that says, hey, you up? Correct. On the winter solstice. Get it? When he comes? To town. This is a family show. Florence and Diane's family fun hour. With sexual Santa undertones. (laughs) Santa erotica. This whole episode. (laughs) Okay, so things are happening in our world. In some places, it's the longest day. In other places, it's the shortest day. Everywhere, it's the winter solstice. And that means a whole lot for you, and a whole lot for the universe, and most importantly, a whole lot to your cat. Diane, have you ever asked yourself exactly what a solstice is? On numerous occasions, I've pondered this deep, burning question. Have I arrived at a conclusion? I dare not say. Carry on. I know I ask myself that very question every morning when I wake, and it's the very last thought that crosses my mind when I sleep. I also mindlessly write it at the bottom of all my checks, only to scribble over it before the bank tellers see it. Then the banks would know, and then none of us would be the same. But anyways, the solstice is an astronomical event caused by the tilt of the Earth and how it's orbiting around the Sun. Because of this, northern and southern hemispheres trade places in who gets the most slash least sunlight, aka this is how winter and summer are born. So the December solstice that we'll be experiencing in the Northern Hemisphere will be the longest, most winteriest day of the year. You'll notice that the sun will come up later, go down earlier, and if you check your shadow at noontime, it'll be the longest version of your shadow to be cast the entire year, and that is not a goof, that's an actual fact. That's really cool. I should try yeah. standing outside in the middle of the day tomorrow. That'll Just be measure your shadow. <laughs> It'll be a fun project for my students. (laughs) But mostly myself. But what can you expect on the winter solstice and the following days if you live in the Northern Hemisphere? So for starters, on the darkest day of the year, you'll notice an increase in vampire activity. This is only natural because of the lack of sunlight. Um, This is something that you'll have to start to prepare for for most of the month of December. Loading up on that garlic, rubbing it all over your house and body juice the garlic and use it as a replacement laundry detergent um, for vampire protection on the go. In addition to the vampire activity, 
It's also important to pay attention to the moods and emotions of the trees. If you live in a climate where there is a lot of snow, the only real plant activity you'll see is the trees. They tend to get overly picky this time of year and will often scoff and judge people who walk past them or even squirrels who dare climb their branches. It's simply because they're not getting enough sunlight and it's best to be patient with them. Also, all your candles will either freeze salad or melt depending on the time of day. Keep them in the freezer or oven accordingly. Lastly, all the lottery ticket numbers will be zeros and chaos will erupt. Following the solstice, you'll finally begin to see the sunshine again, and you'll remember what it was like to feel warmth on your face and not be tired all the time. Looking forward to those days, I do gotta say. Uh, yes, me too. I'm not sure if I will not be tired all the time still, but at least I will get the warmth on my face without having to press it against the stovetop. Dream big. Okay, now that you know what to expect when the solstice arrives at your front door, you can celebrate accordingly. Here are three super fun solstice traditions to try out this season. Ooh, I can't Ooh. wait. <laughs> so start by enjoying a Yule log. A Yule log is a special log blessed by the spirit of the solstice by the moon. The blessing is placed all the way back in July by the benevolent moon, and then the Yule log increases in magic over time. Traditionally, a fire is kept burning all night long through the night to welcome the return of long days. Having the wood infused with magic helps you create a more magical smoke that will fill your life and lungs. That's impressive. Yeah, that's it's like, fun. yeah, that's super cool. It's really cool when it explodes at the end into a magical mm. display of fireworks. That's like the best part. You really have to stay up late to get those sparks, though. Worth it. So after that, you can um, create a solstice tree. So in the winter months, especially in an area of the northern hemisphere, there is less food available for woodland creatures. A cute and whimsical tradition is decorating a tree with birdseed, suet, and dried fruit for all the little critters. But just like a fair warning, if you hand fancier food out for the woodland creatures, um, like meatloaf or baked beans, you might get a gnome infestation. So one of the side effects of that um, winter solstice. You have got to watch out for a gnome infestation because once they run out of the things like meatloaf and baked beans, they go right for your housing foundation, just like termites, but like 50 times bigger. They're not covered by your homeowner's insurance. I'm just telling you that right now. So got to watch out for those. Okay, and lastly, you'll want to sing some solstice songs with your loved ones. So um, these are songs about the solstice, as the name implies. They are wordless and tuneless. You feel them in your heart, but also your elbows and old joints. You will black out the world, and there will be nothing left except for solstice songs. The solstice is a lovely time where you can start bringing more light into your life if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, or start slowly turning towards the darkness if you live in the Southern Hemisphere. Either way, burn a log. Florence, will you come sit by my Yule log and enjoy this delightful story with me? Let me grab my rocking chair. Twas the night before the solstice, and all through the void, not a creature was stirring, not even a snoid. The classifieds were posted in the alley with care, in hopes that Florence and Diane soon would be there. The snaplops asleep, alone in their beds, while visions of 
death and destruction dance in their heads. You set the book down and rub your tired eyes. You have no idea where this book came from, but you know you are too tired to understand it. A snoplop? That's not a thing. You look out the window into the pitch black darkness of the night. Oh wait, it's only 4.30. Good lord, you think to yourself. You can't wait until the days start getting longer again. Though the darkness does have a certain advantage in your line of work. You glance at the packaging that you pulled the book out of. Hmm, no return address. Who sent this? With Maggie in his kerchief and the slightly inferior clone of Maggie in his cap, the pair settled down for a winter nightcap. When down in the void arose such a clatter, they sprang from the studio to see what was the matter. Turning the packaging over, you see a seal. It's simple, two cats engaged in a staring contest. You're about to set the envelope back down when you see the picture slowly starting to move. The cats begin circling each other in what appears to be the beginning of a fight or a mating display. You are mesmerized by this impossible trick of the light. I knew Amazon had too much power, you whisper aloud, amazed at their holographic technology. Away to the floor hole, they stumbled like some slugs, because Maggie's are chunky, the perfect size for hugs. Hellfire reflected on the fresh melted snow and gave a nightmarish look to the nighttime shadows below. As suddenly as the day seemed to turn into night, the envelope turns to ash in your hands. The dust falls from your hands and coats the floor. You crouch down to inspect it, unsure of what you are looking for. You hear a pop and see a flash of light out of the corner of your eye. It's a good thing for your proximity to the ground because when you look over and gaze upon the source of the disturbance, you pass out cold. When what to Maggie's all-seeing eyes did appear, but a dust-covered Tahoe, an eight-monotone note sung out so clear, with two podcasting drivers more mysterious than Batman, Maggie knew in a moment they must be Florence and Diane. Hot. Holy shit. You are on fire. You shove the layers of blankets off of yourself and assess your surroundings. You are snuggled up all in your bed. You check for visions of sugar plums and find no evidence of such. It must not be Christmas yet. You climb out of the bed and open the curtains. Dark. You sigh. It could be any time between 4.30 p.m. and 7.30 a.m., What a weird dream, you think to yourself. The door bangs open. Santa Claus himself bursts in, carrying a tray of cookies and an entire gallon of milk. Oh, 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 he cries. And once he sees your face grow pale, he says quickly, no, 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 no. Don't pass out again. I brought these for you. You looked a bit peckish. More loudly than a lion that the Tahoe engine did roar, Florence and Diane whistled and shouted and cheered on more. You hide the shaking in your knees by sitting back down on the bed. Who is this stranger dressed as Santa Claus assaulting you with cookies? He's a lot sexier than you thought he'd be. You try not to notice, but your eyes follow the straps of his suspenders and see that they are stretched tightly over what must be some glorious pectoral muscles. His bushy beard attempts to hide a smile because he definitely noticed you checking him out. He doesn't move any closer, but still holding the cookies out, he says, I'm sorry to burst in on you like this. I know I frightened you, but I've been sent here for something important. You are the chosen one. 
More paper, more news, more podcasts, more out loud, more voids, more nightmares, more astronomy, more Maggie shaped like a cloud. To the top of the void, to the top of it all. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. You stare at him blankly. Finally, something clicks. <laughs> oh sure, the chosen one. I forgot about the secret Santa party. So who got my name? I can't believe they hired someone to dress up as Santa and come into my house. You know, that's really good. You smile at the stranger, proud of yourself for figuring it out. Color rises in your cheeks as you are also incredibly embarrassed that you passed out at the sight of him and he presumably had to carry you to bed. He turns his head to the side and looks confused. He looks around the room and says, I have no idea what you're talking about, but if you would just be a little bit more open-minded. So to the housetop, the Tahoe did fly with a sleigh full of Florence and Diane, not to mention a surprise. And then at a pattering, Maggie heard in the beyond, the sound of the cheery pair wave their magic wand. You follow his gaze around the room, thinking to yourself, if he's not part of your secret Santa present, then who is he? Dread fills your stomach as you try not to think about the worst case scenario here. Someone found you out. No, no, they would never come for you dressed like that. <clears throat> you hear Santa clear his throat. He sets the cookies down and has taken to pointing his index fingers outward and then crossing his arms. Back and forth, he does this. Back and forth. You look around the room again. Frustration rises to take the place of dread. What? You burst out. What could you possibly be saying to me? As Mickey scampered from the floor hole and was turning around, down the chimney, Florence and Diane came in a bound. They were dressed all in plants from their head to their foot, and their microphones were all tarnished with tear stains and soot. Santa looks at you, exasperated. You imagine this is what he looked like when you asked for world peace every year for Christmas in your youth. Wow, things have changed. Yes, it's really cute when you're four, but when you, once you turn 16, it's a little naive. You finally realize that the room is reversed. It's like you're looking into a mirror. No, no, that's not it. It's like you are in a mirror. You relay this thought to Santa Claus, even more incoherent. Finally, he says, and he snaps his fingers. A lumpy-shaped bag they flung over their backs, and they look like crows digging into roadkill while opening their pack. Their eyes, where are their pupils? Their dimples, how scary. Their cheeks were like ashes, their mouths speaking out a commentary. Then you remember, the book, the cats. It's laying discarded on your rug, bent halfway open, Pushing past the strange Santa, trying not to think about how solid his bicep is under your shove, you scoop up the book and start shuffling through the pages looking for something, something, something. And then you find it. A small rip right along the spine. When you lift the paper slightly, you see the universe swirling on the other side. Today, while trimming my hedges, Diane said with a smirk, I found a secret letter and had to make it work. We reached out to Santa to help us help you because Florence and Diane can help spread holiday cheer too. Santa popped a cookie into his mouth. Well, that's how I got here, he said through the crumbs. Maybe that's how you got here too. 
It's a real rough ride, though. There's a lot of cats and other strange things. You think of all the strange things you've seen in your life. The strange things you've heard that you know most people have never dreamed of. You nod. I can handle strange, you reply to him. They spoke not another word and went straight to work, first filling the sackings with items with quirk. And from their large bag, they pulled an assortment of things, from buttons to ghost peppers to severed arms to rings. You stand up and absentmindedly take the cookie that Santa is once again holding out to you. You bite into it to find that it is warm, like it's fresh out of the oven. You said I was the chosen one? You ask him, dropping a few crumbs from your mouth. I did, I did, he replies. Come with me. Haven't you always wanted to meet your destiny? A bit corny, you think to yourself, but nevertheless, you take Santa's hand and face the universe between the pages of the book. Laying their fingers aside their co-host's nose and giving a nod up the chimney they rose, they sprang into the Tahoe to the engine giving a purr and drove into the night before the children could even stir. Dash away all, Santa says as the tear in the book opens wider and wider till the universe is surrounding you and you're in such awe of how amazing it is. You almost didn't hear Santa's hallmarky comment. Together you step forward, feeling the magic pull you in until you're immersed in the stars. Chosen for what? You finally ask Santa right as it's too late. Santa's great burning maw opens wider and wider. You are suddenly facing the pits of hell. Hop in, gumdrop, he cackles as you feel your entire being burning in the eternal flame. I should never have murdered all those people, you think to yourself in vain. The day of reckoning is nigh, screeched the void Santa into the endless universe. Maggie heard them exclaim as they drove out of sight, happy solstice to all and to all a good night. Wow. That one will really put you to sleep at night, I think. All snuggled up next soothing. to your Yule log. Very soothing. Like a lullaby. <laughs> Today, I decorated my solstice tree. I reached into the bucket of bird suet that I brought for this very occasion and accidentally pulled out an entire bushel of carrots. I decided that these 250 carrots would look like beautiful orange icicles and provide neighborhood children noses for their snowmen. I made the grave mistake of hanging them on my tree. Within minutes of decorating, 250 gnomes appeared and ate my tree to shreds. In the wake of the destruction, the pine needles were arranged in this letter. Dear Florence and Diane, We all know the moon is beautiful. I know it, you know it, the moon knows it, the KGB knows it. Every so often, the moon decides to celebrate their beauty by having a photo shoot. They put out the word, and thousands of photographers clamor at the chance to get a photograph of the moon, since it's illegal to do so without a release from the moon. I cashed in some favors with friends on the lunar surface and managed to get the gig. However, since there have only been a handful of people who have ever photographed the moon, I don't know what I'm doing. It's a big deal since the moon even ordered a meteor shower to dress up the background. Please, help. Warm regards. One giant leap. Well, one giant leap, I couldn't be happier for you. Or more jealous. One of the most important parts of picture taking is having the right equipment. 
I doubt the moon will be happy if you just take mental pictures. I know the moon can access your thoughts to view the pictures, but the moon wants to display these pictures, so you'll need something that can take a print picture, something you can print. We here at Paper News Out Loud suggest a camera for such activities. So you have a few different options for the kinds of camera you can use. One of them is your standard run-of-the-mill phone camera. This is ill-advised. The quality of those pictures, terrible. Have you ever taken a selfie? You're like, wow, that's a terrible selfie? It's because your phone camera is terrible, not because your face. Another camera option that you have is an old-timey one that smokes. Now. I have a flair for the dramatic, Florence has a flair for the dramatic, we all have a flair for the dramatic, and I would love to see you using one that smokes. However, you will not be able to take as many shots of the moon as you need to, which is literal thousands, we'll get to that. So this one might be a little improbable, not recommended that you use it. The two that I would recommend are either a Nikon Coolpix camera, because the name is great and it sounds official and honestly pretty cool, or one of Nicolas Cage's dismembered eyes. Due to his superior um, vision, using one of Nicolas Cage's dismembered eyes will actually get you the most vibrant picture you can ever achieve. Mm -hmm. And fortunately for Nicolas Cage, his eyes do grow back every five years, so if you happen to harvest one or get close enough to him to try to convince him to let you harvest one, just let him know that it'll grow back, and it'll be stronger and better than ever before. If you can't get your hands on one of Nicolas Cage's dismembered eyeballs, you can go to the store and buy a Nikon Coolpix camera. Next, you will need to pick a good time and place. The moon has already decided on the rough time that will be best. Make sure you confirm a time with the moon so they have plenty of time to get ready. Where will you be taking the picture from? Now that is the question. We recommend that you would pick a clear night, but however, you're pretty limited here. You have no choice but to photograph the moon this Saturday at the height of the full moon coming right off the solstice during the meteor shower. You have to force the night to be clear. This can be done by summoning the Cloud Queen. Create an idol for the Cloud Queen out of marshmallows and cotton balls in equal parts. Mist it with water from a bottle while singing the music from World 5 of Super Mario 3, Sky World. The moist mass of fluff will eventually speak to you and grant you a wish. Wish for clear skies this weekend. Nothing else is more important to you. If you can't coax the Cloud Queen into your home, invest in a fleet of airplanes that have the propellers attached to the front, you know, those old-timey ones, and then have them fly around in front of the moon to clear any nefarious clouds that are in your way. Those nasty blades will serve their original purpose of banishing those clouds to the pits of hell like they were designed to do to prevent a nuclear winter. Location, location, location. Choose a location away from direct light sources. Just how important is location? I can't think of a good metaphor, but it is very important. In your picture, the moon should be the only source of light, excepting the stars and the falling stars around it. Choose a location to shoot from that is not near a direct source of light. We've scoped out some areas of prime real estate to determine the best. One option is from the bottom of the Marianas Trench. This might be your first instinct. 
It does contain impenetrable darkness and is away from all major light sources. However, the crushing pressure of the water above you will not only damage your entire fleshy meat body, but will also damage your metal camera one. Save this one as a last resort. You could shoot pictures from the inside of a cave. Again, there is no major light sources here. The unfortunate news is that the light reflecting off of the moon will not be able to find its way to you either. You'll end up taking pictures of dark rock above you and being eaten alive by bats. Maybe skip that one. From space and directly in front of the sun. Ideally, this is where you would place yourself to have the sun to your back. Are you Elon Musk? Or could you convincingly impersonate Elon Musk? Or are you a body snatcher that could become Elon Musk? Do that for sure. Take your weird ass space car out in front of the sun, face the moon, and photograph it in all its glory. Make sure that you shoot from an angle so as not to cast a shadow on the moon. When you have completed your task, throw your camera in the direction of Earth, then float straight into the sun and leave your needlessly large fortune to be divided up between everyone in poverty. If that seems too big of a task, go to New York City. Hack into the power grid and cause a devastating blackout that will affect the lives of millions and definitely cause a lot of deaths. Parkour to the top of the Empire State Building and set up your equipment there. The moon will get you out of any tough legal spot that you face. They have great lawyers. The preparation is half the battle, but everything rides on you actually taking the pictures. You can clear clouds all day, but if you don't follow through, the moon will smite you in a scathing Yelp review. When you're setting up the camera, make sure that it is facing the moon before you take the pictures. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to take a picture of something only to be facing the completely wrong direction and miss the object of my desire entirely. Sure, I have a great picture of the side of a building, but if only I would have turned the other way, I would have gotten a picture of the space shuttle launch like I intended. Learn from my mistakes. Make sure you focus your camera. Cameras are finicky things that get distracted easily like my students. Remind it why you are taking the pictures. Keep it on task. Don't let it lose the focus or the vision that you have prepared your whole life for. Take lots of shots, tequila and otherwise, to help you build the courage for doing this insurmountable task of taking pictures of the moon. Also make sure your camera takes lots of shots. What if the man in the moon isn't smiling in one? Or what if he blinks? You just can't risk it. Bring backup memory to store the literal millions of pictures you are going to take in the span of seven hours. Make sure to enhance the photo. Use some props. Have you ever been to a wedding with one of those cool photo booths? The moon loves that kind of shit. Send up plenty of feather boas, fake mustaches, wigs, and hats for the moon to cycle through for the photo shoot. These props will let the moon show the world that it is here to party along with the falling stars that it is called to fall beside it. Another great thing to do when you're touching up your photos is to use Instagram filters. Today in the studio with me, I have an expert on Instagram filters, and her name is Florence. Florence, can you please tell us about your top five fave Insta filters? So, you know, you have to pick the ones that really accentuate who you are. Do not pick the filters that don't match your personality. My top five are Juno, 
Ludwig, Stark, Bacon Grease, and Socket Wrench. All of these are classic Instagram looks that'll keep you looking fresh, even the moon, or especially the moon. Thank you, Florence. Great advice to everyone, amateur photographers, professional photographers, moon photographers especially. So after all that, you should have at least four good photos for the moon to add to its portfolio. Once the moon has selected all the pictures that it wants to keep, you are legally obligated to destroy all the remaining pictures by way of fire and submit yourself for memory modification. You won't remember taking them, but the moon will always remember you. And isn't that something? Hey, Diane. Yes, Florence? Can you take us into the motivation station? Choo-choo. With 2018 coming to an end, we reflect on the year and just how obnoxiously long it was. It was like 37 years, right? Anyway, the time is nigh to think about all that we have accomplished and all that we have done and all the taco dip that we have enjoyed. Reflection is a key part of growing, no matter how painful it is. That's why it's called growing pains. You don't just feel it in your bones. Anyway, Florence, how do you carve out time and in what ways do you reflect on this impossibly long year? So I think the best way to reflect um, on the end of one year is to surround yourself with as many strangers as physically possible. I like to lay on the floor of shopping malls and jam myself into overpacked elevators. Then sometimes I'll scream as loudly as I can or I'll be completely silent and try to absorb the essence and quite frequently, the body odor of those who surround me. This is also how I get away from all the crazy hullabaloo that we run into in December. It's very easy to feel extremely alone when screaming in a busy shopping mall. This is how I find my freedom. How about you, Diane? December is basically a throwaway month. By that I mean everyone is thinking about Christmas or the holiday they celebrate and they aren't paying as much attention to the life around them. Plus, they are like 1,000 times nicer. I use these key points to my advantage and slip away into the north woods of Wisconsin for an entire month. From there, I befriend squirrels, muskrats, and other animal friends and employ them to help me act out the year. I condense all the major points of my year down to one comprehensive month and turn it into a musical. I get to relive scenes and reflect on how they played out. Seeing the squirrels and the birds make my mistakes and live through my triumph gives me a clearer understanding of myself to go into the new year with. Make sure to find time this month to reflect on your year and fully bring you in to the next year. Void Santa dropped two charred corn dogs into my stocking, and I knew that this meant that I was a good girl. That's a telltale sign that the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, um, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you like what you heard a lot, leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Please send us your solstice list. Um, we'll forward them on to Void Santa. If you're in love with what you heard, spray paint Paper News Out Loud onto the lunar surface, the light side please, before it is photographed this weekend. If we get two more listeners, we get five cents off of our next gas purchase. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank Void Santa's Burning Maw.
I also want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track titled Five off of his album Found on SoundCloud and Spotify. Thanks, Jake. You can find his music through the link or by searching at this. Tweet us at realityoutloud. Use the hashtag thinkweirderthoughts and then actually begin to think weirder thoughts. Share with your friends. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh. Are you ready for some Christmas or solstice carols, Diane? Absolutely. How much can I sing about Santa's burning maw? <laughs> Here comes Santa's maw. Here, Here comes Santa's maw. <laughs> burning fires from hell. Ha <laughs> ha